12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's time for our Australian update with Jason Dacey, former weekend mornings host, right here on Money FM 89.3, and currently ABC News journalist. Welcome back to the show, Jason. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Adrian. Hi to all the Singapore listeners, but a very uh, distressing and upsetting time for Aussies with uh, the coronavirus outbreak in different cities. Yes, a very distressing time, as you mentioned. Sydney, Perth, Darwin already in lockdowns and experiencing a very uncertain time. And now we're hearing news that Brisbane as well has entered a lockdown. Jason, what more can you tell me about Brisbane? Because that applies directly to you. Yeah, that's right, Adrian. I'm talking to you from Brisbane. I'm originally from Sydney. We saw Sydney go into a two-week lockdown a couple of days uh, ago, and of course, Perth and, and Darwin followed. That's because of the outbreak of the Delta strain, particularly in the eastern suburbs of uh, Sydney, uh, and Bondi Beach is a, a very famous landmark. That's a, a really hard-hit area. Literally hundreds of active cases now in Sydney, and people are very, very concerned about that. But uh, last night from 6 p.m., we saw Brisbane going into a snap three-day lockdown and the Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk announced that on Tuesday. Again, concerns about the Delta variant and some community transmission that we haven't seen in Queensland for a long time. And the lockdown includes Townsville, Palm Island and Magnetic Island in the holiday part of Queensland. And and this is a very big concern. Initially, we saw mask mandate for, for Queensland, but then the Premier decided that she needed to take things a step further. So hopefully this three day lockdown will get everything back in shape for Queensland. But uh, people in Sydney and parts of New South Wales around Sydney very much uh, under the pump, if you like, because of this two-week lockdown. We saw Melbourne go into lockdown, of course, a couple of weeks ago. They're out of it. Now Sydney is uh, the hot spot, but everyone else is very, very concerned, including even Northern Territory, where someone from the mining industry had uh, flown back to Queensland from doing a mining stint in Northern Territory carrying coronavirus. And this is the concern that is right throughout the country uh, at the moment. So it is a a bit of a worry. Uh, And of course, we've got to look at um, the government and, and ask questions about why the uh, rollout of vaccines hasn't been better and why we're seeing these breaches in hotel quarantine and other things that are really put Aussies a bit under pressure, given how well we started with this coronavirus outbreak. Yeah, and the borders have been closed for over a year now with only permanent residents and Australian nationals being allowed back into the country. So, you know, how has the coronavirus, the new strain, as you were referring to, the Delta variant originally from India, How has it leaked out into the community? Looks like it's breaches in hotel quarantine and people who have traveled back from overseas. Uh, We've seen even the area of the duty-free shopping near Brisbane Airport becoming a hot spot. Uh, And uh, now the Prime Minister has said that international travellers and domestic travellers will not be quarantined in the same area because obviously the international travellers are the highest risk of bringing COVID-19. And again, you know, Australia did so well at the start of this pandemic with our numbers way down compared to the rest of the world. But the big issue is the way we've handled the uh, quarantine situation and also the vaccine rollout with only around 4% of Australians currently with full immunisation. I think around 20% have received their first jab. 
But I think uh, we dropped the ball here in Australia when it came to getting to the next stage of dealing with this pandemic. I think we we're a bit too confident about how good things were. The economy was booming and cases were way down. We virtually eradicated uh, COVID-19, but this highly contagious Delta variant has uh, really dealt a severe blow. And Treasurer Josh Frydenberg told ABC News, my company that I work for, that we're entering a new phase of this pandemic with the more contagious Delta strain. So yeah, very worrying times indeed for everyone across Australia, particularly in Australia's biggest city, Sydney, with a population similar to Singapore of around 5 million. Yeah, a bit scary with all these virus outbreaks and more lockdowns. You mentioned the vaccination rollout. About 4% of the population have been vaccinated. I was reading that 23% or so have received their first jab. Now, you have a personal story about getting vaccinated. Also, AstraZeneca is now available to under-40s. What more can you tell me about the vaccination experience that you had? Yes, there are two main vaccines that are being offered to Australians, AstraZeneca and Pfizer. And uh, initially they were pushing AstraZeneca because they had a lot of uh, supply of this jab. So I was uh, getting my shot because they said anyone over the age of 50 needed to get AstraZeneca and those under the age of 50 would get Pfizer. So a week or two ago, I was getting the jab at a local GP. Just as I was getting my first jab of AstraZeneca, the government announced that uh, people only over the age of 60s would get AstraZeneca. That was then. And I'm 59 and a half, turning 60 early next year. So I could have got my Pfizer if I wanted to. But my view is that AstraZeneca is probably fine. I didn't have any major you know, side effect from it. Of course, we have seen people die from uh, blood clots and other complications from AstraZeneca. But as you mentioned, the government has now ruled that anyone under the age of 40 can get AstraZeneca. So if you've been over 40 to 60, you get Pfizer. Above 60 gets AstraZeneca. Under 40 gets AstraZeneca as well. It's a bit of a confused picture. It's changing all the time. I wouldn't say the government has handled things particularly well when it comes to the rollout of vaccines. It's a, a big talking point in political circles here. But as for me, I've had my first AstraZeneca shot, so I'm due to get my second in around three months' time. Interestingly, the outgoing German Chancellor Angela Merkel, her first dose was the AstraZeneca, and she followed it up with the Moderna shot. Are you going to follow your AstraZeneca up with the Pfizer jab? Well, they are encouraging us to get another AstraZeneca jab. Uh, I think they're pretty strong about that, given that we have so many doses of AstraZeneca lying around. I'd be fine getting AstraZeneca as the, as the second dose. This is an interesting little story, Adrian. You know, based on the Sydney outbreak that we've seen, there was a party and uh, I think there were 30 people there. Six people had been vaccinated with AstraZeneca or Pfizer, and those six people were the only six from that 30 who didn't get infected by the Delta strain. So this was in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. 24 people got infected with COVID-19. The six that had been vaccinated were okay. I guess that's good news as well then, but I'm sure you're looking forward to the next jab whenever that is. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist and former host of the Weekend Morning Show right here on Money FM 89.3. Jason, in terms of Myanmar and the turmoil that's going on there, we've seen the leader Aung San Suu Kyi being ousted and facing multiple charges. Myanmar student groups have accused the country's embassy in Canberra of intimidation and 
Department of Foreign Interference after it sent letters to the Myanmar government scholars in Australia demanding that they pledge loyalty to the military. What more can you tell me about these student groups and why they're doing this? Also, what's the response been like from the Australian government? Well, this is an amazing story. And of course, we all have been following what's happened in Myanmar with Aung San Suu Kyi being overthrown after winning a democratic election at the end of last year by the military junta. And so these student groups uh, have got these uh, letters uh, from the Myanmar government demanding loyalty to the military junta. And it's kind of like intimidation. Uh, This has been leaked to the ABC. So we've got quite a big Burmese population in Australia and including academics who have come here since the military coup. So they've been given this letter to promise that they shall remain loyal and subservient to Myanmar's government. And they haven't posted anything on social media against the Union of Myanmar. And if they do, they're subject to punishment under existing laws and rules if they give false information or if they fail to reply to a deadline of July the 7th. Uh, this is uh, from, of course, the, um, you know, the government, the military government in Myanmar. And Myanmar is an interesting uh, place for me because I used to work for the BBC Burmese service uh, in Chiang Mai before about 15 years ago, really, where I was dealing a lot with Myanmar refugees. And of course, in, in Malaysia, there are a lot of uh, UN cardholders from Myanmar working there. We've got even got some in Singapore. So it's really sad, isn't it, how things have turned around for Myanmar when we thought everything was going so well for them, being the fastest growing economy in Southeast Asia, things really opening up. But now, even in Australia, those academics from Myanmar are getting intimidated by their government back home. It is certainly unfortunate to see what's happening in Myanmar and the turmoil that's happening there for sure. But in other news, the Olympics uh, starts in just under a month. And while from Singapore, we're looking at all the swimmers. Basketball is a sport that's bound to garner a lot of attention. Uh, the likes of Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, all from the US. Of course, they have an all-star team. Whereas back home in Australia, where you are, the Philadelphia 76ers star Ben Simmons has pulled out of the Australian team for the Olympics. Now, this follows a disastrous playoffs performance. Of course, he was with uh, Joel Embiid and the 76ers, but he's taking this time off to focus a little bit more on his skills. Yeah, this is a really big blow for Australia's Olympic hopes in men's basketball. Of course, the Australian national team are called the Boomers, and we've gone so close to winning a medal in the past. We often come fourth, as uh, basketball fans will know. We've got a really strong team, and Ben Simmons is our star player, you know, with the Philadelphia 76ers, and he's been a really a stud, if you like, in the NBA for the 76ers until the recent playoffs where he really had problems from the free throw line and he didn't have confidence to shoot. And, you know, it really was a low point in his career. Many people blamed him for the 76ers uh, playoff loss. So he's pulled out uh, earlier this week. You know, he's had a rough time. He wants to work on his skills. He's only 24 years old. He hasn't really played much for Australia in significant games. And, you know, speculation's been mounting about him pulling out. Uh, Of course, sports fans back here in Australia are very upset about this. They feel that he's not really committed to it. Um, Boomer star Paddy Mills, who also played in the NBA, said that he supported, uh, you know, the star Simmons, but uh, was very disappointed about his absence. So this really is a, a bad story for Australia when it 
tries to chase Olympic, not gold, because we know how strong the USA is, but definitely Australia is a, is a bronze medal hope at the Olympics in men's basketball. But Ben Simmons pulling out is really, really bad news. Yeah, it certainly is, particularly when you talked about his performance from the free throw line. Players would often foul him just so that he could be sent to the free throw line. And everyone knows he does struggle from the free throw line as well. And right now you're in a bit of a predicament because you're planning to take your daughter to church camp during her school holidays. But now you have to find alternative activities. So what's going to be your approach to this latest lockdown? Well, Adrian, we've had to change our plans a couple of times for these school holidays. We were going to drive down to Sydney and stay with my brother and, and his two kids. And, and my daughter, Ella, was hoping to play with her cousins. But we had to change that because of the lockdown in Sydney. Now we have a lockdown in Brisbane, as I mentioned. And for the first couple of days of this week, I sent my daughter to a church camp with the Gateway Baptist Church, one of the biggest churches in Brisbane. And all the kids were together and they're having a great time on on monday and tuesday but with the lockdown from uh, 6 p.m last night we've had to change plans and now it's back to entertaining my daughter at home here in my house in brisbane and my wife's here so it's very challenging you know we had to like maybe do some revision for school um so yeah this is the same thing that a lot of parents in, in singapore have gone through as well as with the remote learning and not being able to take kids out to various activities so it, it is challenging being a parent during coronavirus but the good news for us is that we're hoping that after this three-day lockdown life will get back to normal and i'll be able to send my kid uh, ella to some activities in the second week of school holidays so let's keep our fingers crossed about that but yeah we're all dealing with the uncertainties of a pandemic I guess it's all about adapting and, you know, making the most of uh, the cards you've been dealt, particularly during the COVID-19 pandemic. Always a pleasure, Jason, speaking with you and catching up on everything that's going on in Australia. Jason Dacey, of course, the ABC News journalist, former host of the Weekend Morning Show on Money FM 89.3. Thank you so much for your time and look forward to catching up with you in a few weeks' time. Thank you very much, Adrian. All the best to my friends in Singapore and let's hope these international borders can open in the not too distant future so I can welcome many of you to the beautiful state of Queensland. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.